0: Hey, this is Raj Mitaj, you get with another episode of The On-Call Empath. So I was looking for a particular therapist who focuses on relationships. The reason why in this episode is I wanted to ask some questions that a lot of you guys have been asking me on, you know, how to make sense of, you know, being in a toxic relationship, boundaries, you know, what do you do when... You know, your life is full of anxiety, parental wounds, and, you know, having problems with perfectionism. These are some of the things that I see, especially in my coaching, when dealing with empaths and highly sensitive people. A lot of us are codependent. And I still wanted to get an expert, not just anybody, but my next guest is Emily Sanders. She has 14 years of experience. Uh, She's a marriage and family life therapist. She's really, really good at what she does. She understands relationships. And not only that, she is very big on social media. She has over 100,000 followers a lot of her content just spoke to me. And, you know, as you guys know, like with this podcast, I mean, every person that I bring on, I make sure that it is somebody who's going to not only just understand the subject, but can leave you guys with some really good value. Um, In this episode, I wanted to kind of more cover on, you know, make sense of these relationships that don't get better. What do you do at that point? Like you're stuck with somebody who may have been a certain way 20 years ago and then today they're totally different. How do you make sense of that? Like what's the process of trying to kind of make our lives better You know and making it work by communicating and and having that positive relationship around us so without further ado let's go ahead and get started you're listening to the on-call empath and show all right guys we are back for another episode of the on-call empath and i'm super super excited For my next guest, Emily Sanders, she's a licensed marriage and family therapist out of California. Emily, it's an honor to have you on my podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing so good. I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So let's just dive right into it. I know there's a lot of things I want to ask you, especially you being, you know, you being a therapist for so many years, you've helped so many people. It's clear that you're passionate about a lot of things and helping people, um, now you focus on anxiety, parental wounds, perfectionism, and a bunch of host of other things. Mm-hmm. What would you say your your approach is when it comes to helping people? What's your go to approach that you use with with your clients these days?
1: Sure. So in general, when I'm working with a client, I care what they're coming in with. Right? That's their symptoms, and whether that's them saying they have panic attacks or their relationship is falling apart. I care very much about what's Uh, happening to them presently. And also, I understand that a lot of the things that we go through have roots in other stuff. So, Um, for that reason, when I'm working with people, a lot of times I'll also integrate pieces of their past as well. Mm -hmm. And that means, of course, looking at relationships with their parents, um, their culture, if they have faith backgrounds, because we collect all these little bits of the world, and we use them to see ourselves and others with. So um, a lot of times getting people to feel better or to make changes in their life going forward does mean doing the unpleasant work of going backwards.
0: Right, very interesting. I mean yeah. finding a good therapist these days, like I know for me, like growing up, I was just like trial and error, just trying to yeah. find somebody that you connect with. Um, and you focus mostly on marriage and family, correct?
1: Um Yes. I mean, technically that's the licensure that I have. So when you get licensed as a marriage and family therapist, a lot of the educational pieces are also integrating family of origin stuff. Um, If somebody is going to grow as an individual, ideally, if there's going to be lasting change, we're also wanting them to grow relationally. And so that's kind of the approach. There's different licensures that you can have, like a clinical social worker or licensed professional counselor mm-hmm. um, so that's just the licensure that I hold but I do primarily individual work but I gotcha. do couples and and sometimes family stuff too yeah
0: gotcha gotcha
1: yeah but to your point finding a yeah. good therapist is tough I I it took me four <laughs> tries
0: <laughs> no, I've, yeah I've I tell you like I've been through so many and it's just like when you find somebody you want to hold on to that person as long yes. as you can and then Unfortunately, um, when I was growing up, there was this great gentleman that I was seeing and unfortunately he moved out of state and I just mm-hmm. couldn't connect. And I think connection is is a very big thing. And I know a lot of yeah. empaths um, that are tuning in today, um, you know, they they identify as also being codependent and they come mm-hmm. from abusive like households, like families or a relationship where they're divorced or whatnot. Um. So I want to just kind of get right into it because I know yeah. a lot of people are wondering, especially from your experience, why do so many, I guess, abusers keep going back to this same type of uh, cycle that's, fam- I don't know if it's familiarity. How do we mm-hmm. break this cycle in your case? Like if somebody came to you and says, look, I'm stuck in this relationship or I, I had a bad relationship. How do I get myself out of this mess?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, The sad thing is, is to honor how really, really, really challenging it is. And there's a lot of times that, you know, we house two feelings at the same time, which is I want out and also, but what if I tried one more time? Or what I hear a lot is, well, what if I turn this person into a great partner and then we break up and someone else gets all my hard work? (laughs) I hear that a lot um or there's a lot of people i mean we can have these wounds and and feelings of not good enough or this comp- this compulsion to help others and that can get really reenacted in abusive relationships mm-hmm. and yes it's not a solid one to one equation but yes many people who are in abusive relationships yeah they've experienced abuse in the past it's mm-hmm. familiar and you know there's a lot of a lot of theories that say, what is unfinished business from our past? We find people going forward that we can recreate the same scenario and Uh, see if we can get a different outcome and good heavens that (laughs) bites us in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. Cause that's one of the things that I see people when they write in, it's like, I've been with this person or I just got, you know, divorced and I'm just trying to make sense of my life. Mm -hmm. But overall, like just in the state of the, I mean, overall in the world today, it just seems like mental health uh, is something that isn't taken as seriously as we should in society, Mm -hmm. especially after this pandemic in 2022. There are a a lot of people um, that say that they have PTSD. They just don't feel like themselves again. Um, They're just sort of just existing and living. Um, In your opinion, what could you say to these people to make sense of this particular times that we're living in? Because it just seems like just even the average person that may have not had any trauma growing up is now facing these these, uh, hardships.
1: Yeah. Well, there's something about stress that ends up revealing you know, how we're resilient or not, what coping skills are present or not. And there's a lot of people that do relatively well. And then when they face, you know, a certain type of stress, it reveals just a part of them that still needs to grow or Mm. needs support and so here you face this pandemic and a lot of social unrest and it's not just people facing their individual struggles but now there's a collective struggle that rests on all of us and so everybody is feeling the pressure and struggling and you know the good thing about stress actually is, is it forces us to change and adapt To a certain extent, stress is really good. We don't grow through good times. We grow through painful times because that pressure forces us to move Mm -hmm. or shift over, make an adjustment. And what we want is for people to adjust for the better and take on new coping skills and find new support systems and level up in their lives. Unfortunately, there are some who will face that stressor and will not be able to make adjustments. And those who do struggle with their mental health uh, will have a really challenging time doing that. And I also think it's important that people understand, especially in social media land and in our, our culture where wellness is so glorified and self-care is so glorified and that's wonderful. There's mm-hmm. so many things that we can do to take care of ourselves and take supplements and sit in the sun. Yeah. but. But there is a difference between wellness and those who do have a mental illness, a pervasive Mm -hmm. issue where their mind is their entrapment. And so for those individuals, a supplement isn't going to help them level up. It can aid Mm -hmm. to their resiliency. But for those who are truly struggling with the mental health Mm -hmm. issue, there is a lot of suffering there. And so, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, one of the things that, I mean, that brings to my mind is like a lot of people that do tune in, um, they have families they ha- they're involved in, you know, the community, mm-hmm. they go out, uh, you know, and they have fun, they're smiling, laughing. But what I find out is a lot of people deep, deep inside, they feel empty, like something's missing, like yeah. that, that void. And I, and it's not just one person. It just, it, this seems to be, I don't know, because of so much that's going on around us with the, you know, trying to fit in on Instagram and Facebook and <laughs> watching all of our friends, you know, live their lives through the screen that could cause some sort of, I don't know if you want to say PTSD or just trying to keep up with everything that we're seeing that could cause depression, anxiety and and all yeah. of that. Would you say?
1: Yeah, of course it can. And I think it's challenging because a lot of us learn that we want to put forward the parts of ourselves that we think people will like we do that from a young age, right? It's a biological imperative. Dude, our mom has to like us because (laughs) she's the one that feeds us and keeps us safe. I, you know, ideally we don't all get that. And so children are very attuned. What does mom and dad like about me or the things that I do, what things get me praised? What things get me pushed away. And so we learn from a very young age to start to separate the pieces of ourselves that we think aren't going to be favorable and hone in on the pieces we think people are going to like because that will keep me safe that will keep me close to you and a lot of us carry that into our adulthood too I mean I want to be liked right so who doesn't want to be liked and so especially (laughs) for people who are very empathetic they learn to tune in to other people what do other people like about me and also what do other people need And I will meet that need. And that's a way of getting a form of intimacy. And so that does perpetuate a lot of loneliness because Mm. it's not, Hey, I'm going to bring my struggle to you and get Mm. close to you because you are helping me. No, 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 no. That's risky. That's dangerous, (laughs) but I can be close to you. If somebody (laughs) needs help, I can meet that need. And that's a way for me to feel close to you, but there's not bringing in the full self into that. So it's not it's not bad, it's not good, it's just what happens and yeah. and does keep us feeling lonely if we're only bringing parts yeah. of ourselves to social media or parts mm-hmm. of ourselves in our our deepest relationships or what are supposed to be our deepest relationships. And yeah. there's a lot of people that can be surrounded by many physical bodies and still yeah. feel
0: deeply alone and unseen. Yeah, and that's that's what I... I'm noticing from a lot of people when I coach as well, it's just something's missing, something's off. Yeah. Now, just kind of going another direction here is like boundaries and saying what you need, asking for what you need. These are some of the things that I feel like a lot of empaths struggle with. Mm-hmm. So, this is something that I think that's talked about a lot on on Instagram and and social mm-hmm. media and Facebook. What is your take on boundaries? And how do we know if we went a little bit too far or just in the middle? Like, how do we know we're just doing the right amount? Because there's so many people that are like, I've tried the boundaries thing and and, and I feel so weird just making these boundaries <laughs> when I've been abused all my life. Like, how do I go about doing it?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it is really tricky. Right, because really, when you're stating a boundary, you are stating a need or saying you can't use me this way or this interaction doesn't feel good to me. And if you again are used to being close to other people because you're meeting their needs, well, if you set a boundary, what does that do? It well, then we can't be close. So, there it can feel like there is so much on the line when people are trying to set boundaries, and um, I think that what unfortunately it's hard to translate through social media is the the reality that healthy boundaries are ones that are flexible and so not every relationship even necessitates the same kind of boundary because not everybody in this world is out to use us but some people are and yeah. so it can be challenging to figure out with whom do i need to set what or what season of life requires what boundaries. For example, you can have a mother that just has a new baby. Maybe in her you know, few years leading up to her life, she had tons of time to do like community work or um, things like that. But when she has a new baby, what? She has to start saying no because her priorities have to shift for a season. Yeah. The child will grow and she may be able to open up parts of her time again. Um, But for people who have been abused and repeatedly taken advantage of, they may need to go through a period where they set very rigid boundaries and to protect themselves and rebuild their heart, right? Create that boundary for a season. And as they start to repair themselves, they can start to take down their walls as they're practicing trusting themselves, because a lot of the issue too is The lack of trust in myself, right? Okay, I thought I had a good read on people and I found myself with this narcissistic man, or I found myself with this um, terrifying woman, I thought I had better intuition than that. So now trust in oneself is gone and trust in others is gone. And that's just really, really scary. Right. So sometimes for a season, boundaries need to be rigid, the walls need to be high and thick, and as the trust in oneself starts to get repaired, we can figure out, oh, well, this boundary is needed here, and I need this here. Actually, you know what? I can relinquish here, and mm. so it takes practice. It takes practice, yeah. but, you
0: know. Practice makes perfect, guys.
1: <laughs> or good enough. Practice makes good enough, Raj. Right. Yeah. We don't have to be perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: So one thing I wanted to just mainly cover also, and I I think a lot of people that are tuning in are also wondering, what is the biggest thing that you see? Like, I know you've been practicing for many years as far as like um, failed relationships, marriages, you know, just having somebody significant in your life. What is like the main thing that causes um, people to kind kind of drift apart? Is it lack of communication? Is it money issues? What, what do you say is like the biggest thing that kind of breaks the relationship? Mm -hmm. So people go their separate ways.
1: Sure. So, I mean, I'll answer that from a bit of a different angle. Um, I mean, even how we were talking a few moments ago about how stress forces people to adjust, right? They can adapt to adjust or they, they cannot adapt. And to not adjust. So, for couples, a lot of people come in and say, We're fighting about money. Or we have a child, we don't know how to parent this child, we're not on the same page. Or maybe there was the death of a child. There's some massive stress in-laws. And so it can be distracting, right? That, okay, this this stressor is the bad thing. It's the money that's the bad thing. But really, it's whatever the issue is, (laughs) the stress that comes and lays heavily on a relationship and reveals the cracks or lack of intimacy that already exist, And so um, couples that do well are able to navigate problems together. They can um, come together to solve a problem. They don't avoid conflict, uh, but they also don't abuse each other or weaponize or be cruel to one another during conflict. They're able to have hard conversations together and realize, hey, after we have a hard conversation, we feel closer. Look at that um there are a lot of couples too that get married and and i i do see sometimes the pain of one partner growing and maturing and developing and the other partner not and and that's a real source of pain right because the gap starts to widen I've actually had people that say I have to stop therapy I'm growing my partner isn't I I I'm finding that as a result of therapy my frustration with them is getting bigger and I don't think they're going to change I have to stop And I respect that, you know, we all have to do what we can handle. Um, So, you know, there's various reasons why, why relationships Mm -hmm. struggle. I do think it's important that people understand that they need to constantly be students of their partner. We are dynamic beings and we should be changing, right? I have couples that come in, well, you know, she's not the same woman that I met when we were 23. Like, well, you are 45 and I really hope that your wife's not the same person, but you know, it's not like we do People this. Change. Yes. Yeah. We don't do the studying of our spouse. We date and then check out. Yes. We are supposed to grow. It's like, this is the good news. Um, and so if we stop paying attention to our partner and how they're growing and developing, we miss information that we need, because unfortunately, sometimes we tune out information that can make us feel closer. Mm -hmm. What a missed opportunity. And sometimes we tune out of information that tells us that our partner is actually not, not safe. And so, uh, that's really important.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. And, um, just kind of wrapping up here just based on that last response like let's say somebody is in a situation where it's like a lost cause like they just got to that point there's a lot of resentment and Mm -hmm. maybe there's some anger and over time these frustrations may manifest in other ways it could be through our body our mind like pain um, migraines all of this is like connected Mm -hmm. what is your thoughts on that like if unchecked and somebody holds a grudge or let's say they're angry at their partner and they hold it in and they don't Mm -hmm. have an outlet like going to you or taking it out um, or going to talk to someone about this. What happens long-term if somebody just keeps this in for years that affects everybody, the kids, the family. (laughs) It does.
1: Yes. Yeah. A lot of times it can manifest as very passive aggressive behavior So um, this accumulated resentment is just energy stored in the body, right? Mm -hmm. Because ideally, if we feel frustrated, we go to our partner and say, hey, this is hurting me. Can you make an adjustment? Mm -hmm. And sometimes our partners will make the adjustment. And that's that's wonderful. Right. Uh for others, uh, one partner can beg, the other partner, please change, please change. And they don't. So rather than asking, they quit asking and they just start to harbor their frustration. And yes, it's heavy on the body. It it, it fizzles out in little different ways, again, like sarcastic <laughs> behavior yeah. or jerky movements. You know, you're slamming cupboards or ugh, gasping, yeah. taking yeah. cheap shots. Um, And then I'll also hear a lot too, you know, as soon as I hear him chewing, like I just zero to a hundred people find themselves just getting enraged at the drop of a hat by little tiny things. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is hard to hold that resentment. Um, And so many individuals, especially ones who deal with codependency, they, they get stuck in this place of, well, I'm waiting for my partner to change. They won't change. They won't change. Please change. Please change. They've been asking for years. At this point, mm-hmm. you have your answer. They're not changing, but that person doesn't want to have to own that. They're mm-hmm. the ones that may have to make the big change and to leave. Mm-hmm. And so it's so much easier to stay and beg our partner, please be better. So I don't have to make a hard choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean,
1: I think that is one of the most painful questions that we have to face when we're in a relationship that isn't working, which mm-hmm. is at what point have I been asking? I see no change. And that's my answer. I, I, yeah.
0: And, I, don't, I don't know. Ugh. And then there's it's the heavy. the pain after you leave them that. Can be as as bad as being with that person for the first, I would imagine, couple months, just trying to make sense of it and getting used to your life. Like I know there's trauma. And body. sometimes years.
1: Sometimes, yeah. sometimes years. I but people get stuck in playing the short game, short game versus long game, right? If you're in a relationship, especially one that's abusive, guess what? There's there's pain no matter what you pick. Mm-hmm. But which pain are you going to choose that long-term will bring you to some sort of peace? We can avoid the pain and the confusion and the real stress and strain of leaving. And we can avoid that angst and stay in an abusive space. Or we can face the pain of making adjustments. and, and And trust me, I'm not talking about it like it's any small thing. Any divorce, any separation is grueling. It is arduous. If you're with an abuser, it is complicated. And so you can face that that chunk of pain. And the long-term gains, however, is one of peace. So people really need to remind themselves, am I going to play the short game or am I going to play the long game? And no matter what you pick, friends, it's hard. I I wish there was an easy out. I do. I wish there was an easier way. Um, But long long game versus short game.
0: Right. Well, I want to thank you so much for putting your time in here, and I appreciate it, and you're always welcome back, but before we leave, can you just tell our audience where we can find you and anything that you would like to leave us with?
1: Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at emily.sanders.therapy and, um, you know, a lot of people can't avoid therapy. So that's just a space (laughs) where I get to, you know, talk about the things that matter to me. Um, you'll see on my page that a lot of stuff is about relationships because, Mm -hmm. Again, I really do think as we grow, our relationship should also be growing and be more satisfying. Sure. Um, You can find me on Facebook, my website, Emily H. Sanders dot com I think I should know this I'll
0: put it in the bio so
1: (laughs) what kind of therapist doesn't remember her website it's my name people it's her name just my name but um yes and so for those of you who are interested in therapy it is a big investment of time and energy we don't all have access to it um but there are all ways that we can care for ourselves and so keep going friends
0: yeah thank you so much yeah all right guys that does it for this episode stay tuned for much more and uh if you can like and share this uh episode with anyone that would help me tremendously so with that said have a great day and keep moving forward and we are out here listening uh-huh. to the on call and